You don't know what people are willing to pay and you are afraid. Everybody's afraid, I think, of showing themselves to be like too full of hubris and say, I'm worth this crazy amount of money. And that people will look at you and be like, no, you're actually just a jerk. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Okay, my friends, our financial grown up for this episode is the farthest thing from a jerk, as you will learn. But the fear of being considered a jerk kept him from getting paid, getting paid what his real worth was for a very long time. And trust me, I get it. I have been there. I still feel like I'm there sometimes, even now. And I think if we're all being honest, we've all been there. Jason Pfeiffer is a man of many job titles. He is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. He's previously been at a lot of other top publications, including Men's Health and Fast Company. Jason is also the host of not one, not two, but three podcasts, including Hush Money. He co-hosts that, by the way, with previous financial grown-up guest, Nicole Lappin. We'll leave a link to her show in the show notes. Definitely check out her episode. His other podcasts include Pessimist Archive and Problem Solvers. And in his spare time, he wrote a book with his wife. It is called Mr. Nice Guy. He does a lot. He has some great stories and some fantastic lessons to share, including a very candid confession Stay to the end. Here is Jason Pfeiffer. Hey, Jason Pfeiffer, you're a financial grown up. Welcome to the podcast. Hooray. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here. I am a huge fan of one of your three podcasts, Hush Money. Thank you. I haven't gotten to the other ones yet. That's okay. But you you co-host it with one of our other financial grown-ups, Nicole Lappin. It's so great. You're also, by the way, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. What don't you do, Jason? <laughs> what don't I do? I guess I don't see my kids as often as I should. Uh, that's not really true. I'm, I, I'm a perfectly fine father, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I feel stretched in every possible direction. Well, I am honored that you're taking time to be part of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast. You brought with you an awesome money story that I know is going to inspire so many people. It has to do with when you started doing public speaking, and this is the kind that you should get paid for. And well, you take it from there, Jason. Sure. So I had done a lot of unpaid public speaking and then felt like it was time to actually start charging for this. And I didn't know how to because I was genuinely uncomfortable saying you should pay me for this. I don't, because you know, I actually, I just hadn't really done that. It's weird. I have been very successful in my career. I have a high profile job, but the ways that I've been paid have largely been these very established methods. I get a salary and that is it. And now here I am telling someone, you have asked me to do a thing. I know that I could do it for free because I've done it before. And you probably know that too. But instead, I'm going to set a very high fee and and expect that you pay me that. And I was so uncomfortable doing that, that I kept undervaluing myself. I had a friend who's in this industry who had told me what my value would be. And I just literally couldn't say it to people. And so I was telling them half or a quarter of it. How did this evolve? So someone reaches out and says, Jason, we want you to speak at our event. What happens next? So here's how the conversation would start at the beginning of this. Somebody would invite me to their event and I would 
gush over the event and I would tell them how excited I could be. And we would talk about literally everything except for money. And then they would bring up the money. And then I would have a number in my head that I was supposed to say and then I couldn't say it and I said something lower. And that is not what happens now. What happens now is that very upfront, as soon as somebody reaches out to me, I say, do you have a speaker budget for this? And sometimes I will also say, do you have a speaker budget for this? I would do this for free if I could, but I have two kids and a very busy job and I can only do these kinds of things if there's compensation. Sometimes they don't, but oftentimes they do. They say they have a budget and then they'll ask me what the budget is uh, or what my fee is and I'll tell them. And I'm just really upfront about it because that is my worth. And I have over time taught myself that I am worth something and that there's no shame in being worth something. But it took a long time to get there. What was the tipping point? So the tipping point was actually my wife getting extremely annoyed that I was leaving New York to go speak at these things and not getting as much as she thought I probably could get. <laughs> but honestly, it was talking to other people and seeing what they were being paid and realizing that I was doing the same work and I was, I think, better than a lot of them. And yet I was getting paid less. And that told me, most importantly, that I could stand up for my own value and I wouldn't put other people off. Like, you know, the thing is, you don't know what the marketplace is. And so you don't know what people are willing to pay. And you are afraid. Everybody's afraid, I think, of showing themselves to be like too full of hubris and say, I'm worth this crazy amount of money. And that people will look at you and be like, no, you're actually just a jerk. But once you understand the marketplace and you get a sense of what people actually will pay, then you realize, oh, no, wait a second. I am valuable and I'm not being obnoxious in my value. I'm just being straightforward in my value. But how do you know what the marketplace is? And for example, in the market that you're talking about, which is speaking, which is, you know, very often doing keynote speeches, moderating panels, emceeing events, there's no database where everyone kind of says what they make. How do you know? No, there's no database. I wish there was a database, but there are a lot of people who do it. Or there are a lot of people who work with people who do it. And so I just started asking everybody. I mean, every single person who I interacted with at any event uh, or just in my uh, the course of my work, we would start talking about speaking and I would just start asking them, I, either are you willing to share what you make or are you willing to share what the ballpark is for people – in our range or whatever. Because the thing is that people do not volunteer this information up front because I think oftentimes people are uncomfortable sharing numbers and like being the one to broach that subject. But if you open up the door to it, a lot of people actually are fine sharing information because they understand that information is is power for everybody. And if they share something with you, you'll share something with them. And just starting that conversation and having so many of those conversations, you start to triangulate what your, what your value is or what other people did to get more valuable, which is also so important. So what was that? What did people do to get more valuable? Uh, well, one of the things that they did is that they did a lot of add-ons. Uh, that was not something I had that was intuitive to me. So you would go to an event and you'd find some fee, but then you would start upselling people. Like you'd be like, you know, I, I'd be happy to come in the evening before and have a dinner with your sponsors or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm around. Is that something you'd be interested in? Because we could just, you know, throw on a, a you know, an additional uh, fee for that. And people are happy to do it. And that's how I've, I've upped my fee often for 
you know, taking time that I would be, what else would I be doing? I might as well, <laughs> might as well be having dinner with somebody and making a little extra money. But yeah, it, it was, it was a lot of add-ons. I, I found that the key to the add-ons is not just that you're willing to do stuff, but that you're showing them that you're invested in them and invested in helping their whatever it is be as successful as possible. And so here they have an asset. The asset is you. And there are two ways that asset could be. It could either somebody who just blows through and doesn't really care and just collects the check or someone who says, hey, I'm invested. I care. I want to do what's great for you. It's going to cost a little bit more, but I'm there and I want to do it. And I think that they also want to pay me just because they like me. And that matters. How do you handle it when someone says, I don't have the budget that you're asking for. So I take it on a case by case. Is it something that I really want to do? Is there some other value that I can, I can extract from them? Cause sometimes there, there is. I could, for example, say, Oh, you know, I'll do it for this lesser fee that you're offering, but can you buy copies of my book? Can you buy some subscriptions to the magazine for people who are attending? Can you give me the email addresses of everyone in attendance so that I can follow up with them and maybe get them to sign up for my newsletter or whatever? If there's something that makes sense for me for other reasons and it doesn't really put me out, I'll do it for a little less. So what is the lesson for our listeners from your story? The lesson is lead with value and be confident in your value. I hear from people a lot, if I could just kind of turn it around as me as a recipient of people pitching, I hear from people a lot who want a lot of things from me. They're pitching me because they want me to write about their company or they're pitching me because they want me to assign them a story or whatever. And a phrase that they use all the time, I literally just wrote about this in the magazine, a phrase they use all the time when they write to me is, let me know if you ever need a dot, dot, dot. Let me know if you ever need a writer. Let me know if you ever need a good story. Let me know if you ever need a customer service solution or whatever it is. And that is a terrible, terrible way to pitch yourself because it actually puts the sales onus on me, the person who's supposed to be sold to. Right now, I have to research them and go back to them and say, oh, you know what? I actually do. Here's the thing. Nobody ever just needs a blah, blah, blah. Like they just, they never do. I am full of writers. I am full of stories. I don't need any more of them. So why would I take any more of them? Because if somebody comes to me and isn't shy about their value and is instead value forward, if they understand what I'm looking for and what kind of value they can provide to me, if they're upfront about that and good at communicating that, then I see the value and I want the value. Such great advice. Let's move on to your everyday money tip because Jason, you're being very brave. You're going to admit to having done something that you're no longer doing, right? Right. That cost you thousands of dollars. Thousands. Tell us your everyday money. Thousands of dollars. Oh my goodness. I know. I'm so embarrassed and annoyed that I have done this. It is the most basic piece of advice. Look at your statements every month, like go through them line by line, your credit card your statements, credit card statements. Your credit okay. card statements. There were some services that I had signed up for that I either forgot about, or in one case, it was a fairly expensive service that I thought I had signed up for a month of, but it turns out it was a recurring fee. Oh my gosh. And it was- That's like your worst nightmare. And can you get them to refund a few months back at least? It, like, oh. is there any recourse at that point? I mean, because you clearly weren't using it. Do you, do you want to tell us what kind of thing it was? Like, was it a really expensive magazine, Jason? No, yeah. It was a, It was like a social media management thing. It was $400 a month. And oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. And How many months did this go on, Jason? Ten. You didn't catch a $400 charge for 10 months? No. 
Jason. I, I know. It's awful. It's awful. And now you're like, what kind of completely irresponsible financial person is this? And the answer is that I do too many things myself. And I have a number of different income streams from speaking and podcasting, and I'm just throwing it all into the same account. And I just wasn't being mindful of where the number was. And so there was this giant hole being poked in my finances, and it was just pouring out $400 a month. I contacted the company, and they were not really willing to be helpful. And I got in touch with the head guy, and he just kept putting me off and putting me off. And I can tell what's happening, which is that he's hoping that he is going to wait me out and that I'm going to just kind of give up on this and forget about it. And so I literally have on my my reminders app that tells me all the things that I should be doing. One of them is to keep texting this guy. <laughs> so this is unresolved right now. So you're no it's longer- It's unresolved right so now. You're not paying ongoing, but you've now paid 10 months. You've paid $4,000. That's right. Company. right. And I proposed a deal to them too. And I just, you yeah, know, I haven't gotten the money back. I'm a little resolved to just eat it as a very, very expensive lesson in keeping tabs on your credit card forms. But I am also going to text this dude for the rest of my life demanding my money back. <laughs> I think you can automate that. So you're going to unautomate. <laughs> Jason's going to unautomate his bill paying and he's going to automate. I'm sure there's an app you can download that can charge you another monthly fee <laughs> to automatically text this guy. <laughs> I'm going to text him for you too. All uh, right. Before I let you go, tell me more about the projects you're working on over at Entrepreneur and all of your podcasts and where people can follow you and learn more about you. Oh my God. Well, I'll try to keep it brief because I have too many of them. But uh, anyway, Entrepreneur Magazine, it's a great magazine. You should check it out, entrepreneur.com. Also, Hush Money, as you said, thank you so much. Uh, this podcast in which each episode, Nicole Lappin and I debate a question about money in life that people should talk more about, but don't. Things like, should you loan your friend money? Or when is debt a deal breaker? Or how old is too old to be taking money from your parents? And so on. And, and then we bring on a celebrity judge to decide who's right. So, um, so check that out. And then uh, I very quickly, I have two other podcasts. One is called Problem Solvers. It's a show about entrepreneurs solving problems in their business. And then the other is Pessimist Archive, which is a history of why people resist new things. Love it all. And your social handles? At Hey Pfeiffer. So uh, at Hey Pfeiffer on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, that's H-E-I-F-E-I-F-E-R. And I do respond to all DMs. So feel free to reach out. So cool. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Let's do this. Financial grown-up tip number one. Like Jason did, work up the courage to ask. But also, as he did, keep it reasonable so you can get to the yes. People ask how I got such high-profile people to be in my book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. Those included Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, designer Cynthia Rowley, and even Tony Robbins. A lot of it was simply working up the courage to ask. But I also kept the ask really simple. It was two questions, similar format to this podcast. You'll have more success if you ask for something that's easier for them to do. Financial grown-up tip number two, Jason talks about add-ons and upselling. Not only does this bring in more money, it also provides more value for clients. Most important, it often strengthens the bond and creates a relationship where you're probably going to have a better shot at getting hired again. Play the long game. Before we wrap it up, I wanted to first of all, thank those of you who have left new reviews. They make me so happy. I really appreciate it. And then when people are checking out the podcast, they can read them and hopefully they'll decide that they want to listen and hopefully subscribe. 
as well. So it means a lot. Here is one I want to share that came from Love Tori. Quote, I love the podcast. The episodes are helpful, meaningful, insightful, and concise. I have really learned a lot about personal finance and making smart choices. Highly recommend. Well, thank you so much, Tori. You don't know how happy it made me that you spent just a few minutes writing that review, and hopefully people will see it and join us as well. So everyone else, I know you're busy. Try to leave a review. Another option is to take a screenshot and share it on social media and tag me, of course, so that I can thank you. Or you can even go old school and just tell a friend. That works too. After you do that, check out all of Jason's things, Entrepreneur Magazine, his book, Mr. Nice Guy, and of course, his three podcasts. We will leave links to all of those things in the show notes. And of course, thanks to Jason for helping us all be financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.